you are listening to Oversubscribe with Jason L. Baptiste and Ben Parr. Episode 11, March 29th, 2016. In this week's episode, we discuss Batman v Superman, Tay Tweets, and Vice Media. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Oversubscribed with uh, Black Eyed Peas member Jason L. Baptiste and myself, Ben Parr, where we discuss technology and media topics that interest us. And if it's interesting to you, then you get to listen, because we just shoot the shit on this kind of stuff all the time. It's so we very thought, inside baseball, it. it's off the cuff, it's fun, this isn't, a, this isn't a thing for anything more than passion or love. Exactly. So, uh, speaking of that, I think we have a passion for films, and that's really going to be the beginning of our first topic. And before we start with this topic, it is Batman v Superman, and we're going to be discussing the movie, its performance, and we are definitely, definitely going to be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, and you're going to see the fast movie, and you care minutes. about spoilers... Fast forward, it'll probably be fast, about like 12 minutes, and we talked I'll, about I'll put a note. I'll put a note on where you can fast forward to. Um, in the podcast, the exact time where you can be fine. But you know what? You should just go and um, see it, and then you can come up with your own reaction. So let's react to Batman v Superman. Jason, what did you think? My gut reaction is I loved it. It came across as an actual comic book movie. I get, though, where people are upset, which is the editing was not fantastic. Zack Snyder isn't for everybody, and... Certain characters needed a lot more fleshing out. So Batman, for example, they should have done this movie after doing their own Batman movie. Because you're sitting there and Ben Affleck is great as Batman, Bruce Wayne. You want to know more and your mind starts to wander. So that's first. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, fucking terrible. Like that, that I really think was the root cause of it. Part of it was his performance at the end of the movie. But the bigger part was just they didn't explain his motivations. I mean, it was there, but it was so quick, and I could see how that rapid pace confused somebody. Yeah, so it felt like they put four movies into one, so I was not as oh, pro shit. as you are, it sounds I like. I just drank somebody they, else's they... drink. Whoops. <laughs> Keep that in. Don't edit that out. I'm sitting here looking to take a sip of water, and assholes don't clean the conference room up, and it's uh, leftover water. So Jason records his his version of the podcast over at Techstars headquarters. Which we're only at for another week. We are moving. So Morsel is signing multiple leases, but our main uh, office we're moving into a week from today. Congratulations. I can't wait to visit end of the month. Yeah. Oh, you're coming at the end of the month? I have a speaking engagement for... I get to plug things. I'm doing a speaking engagement uh, for the BizBash event conference. So speaking to all the event organizers about Captivology and how to make their events more captivating. (laughs) All right, back to your Batman versus Superman thought before I had somebody else's water. Look, I thought the, the cinematography and I thought the characters were great. I thought Affleck was great as Batman... I thought Gal Gadot was fantastic as Wonder Woman, the brief moments we got her. I thought that uh, Henry Cavill did a very good job of what Superman's supposed to be, uh, but they just rushed too many things. They tried to put three different comic books um, into one movie rather than just fleshing out one. They had to do both uh, The Dark Knight Rises and Doomsday 
And, and you didn't, you could have separated those out so into different much. movies. I mean, so number one, like the death of Superman is such a great comic book arc. So I'll tell you, one of my favorite comic book characters of all time is Doomsday because he's this guy that basically just adapts to whatever you throw at him. It's an interesting like parable for entrepreneurs, which is like, you know, like if, if you're a good entrepreneur, this gets thrown at you, it hurts you, you don't die, you adapt, it can't hurt you anymore. And they just like, they rushed it all. It was too much. So in the comics, Doomsday is created by a Kryptonian scientist and forced to see death over and over again and feel death over and over again. And his power is that he can adapt and you can't kill Doomsday the same way twice. And they showed a little bit of that, but they just they, it just shoehorned him in the end. They they really really there was just too many things. There should have been a for a Batman movie. There should have been a Superman movie, and then there should have been Batman v Superman. Like there should have been the very justice, minimum. Like, it's really he should be the Justice League guy. Where it's like, well, the, I, I get I get why they're, they're they're trying to rush to Doomsday. That's what's happening. And you know what, Marvel, they're taking three arcs to get to Thanos. And they're trying, and DC, they just want to blow their load. Um, well, what they're the trying to get to roundabout. is this guy, Darkseed, which, like, they, they allude Dark to. Darkseed? Darkseid. Darkseid, Darkseed. I call him Darkseed. Darkseid. He, he spelled Dark S-E-I-D, but he is Darkseid. Let's just be clear. Fine. So, Darkseid, like, the issue is, like, why do Doomsday, if you're going to do Darkseid so quick, they're trying to get to him... It just seems like too, too much. Like if you're gonna do Doomsday, you got it. Like that should have been Man of Steel two. They should have done Man of Steel one, Batman. Okay, like an actual Batman movie. Then Man of Steel two. All right, and then did and had the whole like death of Superman as that arc, and then done Justice League with Dark Side like three years you later. Know- I get why they probably didn't do a standalone Batman movie is because of the Dark Knight trilogy and it would be the direct comparisons every time. So I understand that, but it's still just – at the very minimum, there should have been another Superman movie or just not – didn't even have to have the dark side part. Uh, just – anyway, it's it's upsetting, but it doesn't detract from my hope that future films are going to be fantastic um, in the series and – like, I'll tell you, though, man, I thoroughly Squad. enjoyed it. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. But it, so I think a lot of people are also used to a little bit more lighter, quippy kind of thing that you get from Marvel movies, which, um, you know, this is this was dark and serious, and it's a different kind of universe, and some people won't be into it. And I would like a little bit more quippiness, but you know what? Uh, that's okay. Um, and by the way, so for the people who are listening the numbers for batman v superman were pretty fantastic they were not star wars fantastic but uh the final numbers that i know as of sunday were uh 424 million dollar global debut and that is the fourth highest global bow of all time beating fury 7 um and of course behind star wars and uh i believe uh so a couple of the other movies. I can't remember all of the ones. But it did it did decently well, made about hundred and seventy US side. I mean one seventy point one. The issue is it debuted lower than Age of Ultron, and Age of Ultron was a disappointment for Marvel in many ways. I think like this movie has to do if it does under a billion dollars, it's a complete utter failure to them. 
in the sense of just what's writing on it that this is the launch of the cinematic universe for them. And I, I, I think they've got some problems, and it's like, Batman will be, they'll do the Batman movie, they're filming Justice League, that starts two weeks from now on April 11th. The biggest issue is, like, frankly, I don't want to see a cyborg movie. I don't want to, like, Aquaman, maybe. Like, I just think they're trying to, like, do Look, look, but then people, but people, but people in the beginning said they didn't want a, a, an Iron Man movie or an Ant-Man movie. It, they, these characters could totally be done and they're done right. Um, Iron and, Man's again, different. And, Iron Man, like, that's like a tentpole guy. They got the right person. Like, frankly, it was a risk. In 08, it was still a risk. The thing but is, this like, is also, it's a, there's, there's a risk to each of these, but I think... It. Like, they waited until, like, phase three for, like, the end of phase two for Ant-Man, right? Like, Versus, like, phase one, they're like, okay, we're going to do Hulk, we're going to do Captain America, we're going to do Thor, like... But, so, but, but in the, in the, in the DC universe, Cyborg is a core tenet of the original Justice League. It, in its current, in the last two, two incarnations, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman are the clear leaders, and then you have Green Lantern, Cyborg, The Flash, and Aquaman. And those are the seven. And those are the seven you see in almost every incarnation. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes you've got like five, Martian Manhunter, but, but it's like, I agree Oh, yes, with Martian Manhunter, yes. It's like, that's that's the main one. I think Cyborg needs a little bit of work. Flash, like, people know Flash, by the way. The other commentary that I wholeheartedly agree with is that they're not connecting together the TV universe and the cinematic universe. And it's like, if you watch the show Arrow, like, it's actually amazing. Like, it's so well done that people are like, why are you not connecting these? And Grant Gustin, who plays The Flash there, is great. You know, they, they should be connecting these together. And I, I just don't think they have the right people at the, the top of the food chain running the place. They don't, they, they don't have that one They don't have Kevin Feige. Figure. So Kevin Feige is the guy. Yeah, they don't have Kevin. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's an issue. So that's, you know, I, I, listen, I'm bullish. I wanted to succeed. I, I was thoroughly entertained with the movie as like a comic book and comic book movie, like huge fan. I can pick apart some things, but it's like, dude, I finally got to see Batman versus Superman on the full screen. I got to see Doomsday. Ben Affleck's great. It's like, it's an awesome movie. I think everybody should go see it. I, I don't think there's room for negativity as much as like we're picking apart little bits and pieces. I think Suicide Squad will be a better time. I, I think for... that is going to be like Gardens of the Galaxy, like cult hit. I just, I have such a good feeling about it. I think like, listen, the Joker is as big of a draw as, bigger draw than anybody except Batman, Superman, and maybe Wonder Woman. They'll tell you, I, I don't know if in your theater, did everybody clap when Wonder Woman came out? Everyone clapped. I, I think that movie's going to kill it. Like, people want want a wonder woman uh movie and the, she just and she just did it so well and it was also well done her entrance and all that sort of thing wonder woman was done in this movie for the like you could only ask for more of her and that movie that's going to come out is going to work um all right let's let's hit the next topic which is spoiler end. the end of spoilers at eleven thirty-five or so all right so tay tweets 
So <laughs> we've talked about AI a lot on the podcast, but that's just because it has been a this is like the year of a, this is the year of VR and this is the year of AI. That's just what's happening. I, I think it's more the year of AI. I think it's like not the year of VR, but like VR kind of like moving forward. I, I don't know. We're going into semantics. Like there are two big things that are like really starting to take off. Yes, I I get what you mean. The a, AI was talked about almost nothing last year, compared to this year. You know, just nonstop buzz. So the story is that Microsoft launched Tay Tweets. It was a bot on Twitter and um, group me and a few and one other platform and Kick, and basically it was designed to learn from interactions with people um, for responses and acts kind of like a teenage girl might. I mean, anyone who sell it tells you it's not Tay does not mean Taylor Swift is kidding themselves, but the internet. And 4chan trolled the heck out of Tay, Tay tweets, and turned it into a racist, homophobic, sexist, just horrendous. I mean, it was crazy. I was reading some of the tweets, and like, I'm, I mean, you can go and find them. I, I it kind of like goes to the joke where it's like, well, when the machines take over, the it's almost like Ultron. It's like Ultron's like, well, what's the priority? Oh, to keep humanity safe. Oh, how do you keep you know, humanity and the planet safe? Kill humanity. It's kind of like the machine doesn't have a soul. Oh, interesting. So if you had a machine with that kind of power... Okay. It, I never well, thought about it, it that like way. It learns, it learns what it's told without any like real soul, which is like if the goal is literally machine learning and all it learns is hate, 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 like, that's what it's going to do. So I think, like, this opens up a new interesting challenge for AI, which is how does it actually, like, become human, you know, and have a sense of morality? And I think, like, this is something that we're going to grapple with over the next 10 years so much. I I think, like, the other debate that this comes into is, like, all right, if there are two autonomous driving cars on the road that are about to crash... Which one does it decide to save? <laughs> oh yeah, that was um, they had the they had the Will Smith movie and all that sort of thing about that, right? Yeah. Um. So, I think the first thing is we need to divide artificial intelligence into two classes. There's learning machines, which learn on based on behavior. That's what we have now. And then there's what we really are thinking about, which is conscious artificial intelligence. Yeah. And I think that's a completely separate And that is, like, such a level above. And, like, listen, I think the Tate Tweets experiment was super, super interesting by Microsoft. And, like, I I hope they're not deterred and get it back online. It's like, listen, there there are a lot of just stupid idiots and twits and trolls on uh, 4chan and the internet and Anonymous that, you know what, like, just get a life and get out of your mom's basement. It's like... That's what this really was. Once that stops, like, I think this is a neat experiment, and I, I think it should continue. And like, you know what we learned in the real world. So, my bit, my worry is just that when you have this layer of anonymity, you just see the like the darker side of people and humanity, 
And we've seen it with Secret, and we've seen it just with trolls on Twitter. When they feel like they have a little bit of a barrier, they're able to do say terrible things. When you're talking directly to a normal to another person, they never say those things. They don't think those things. It's this dark side to a large part of humanity. And I think just as much as this is an interesting experiment, and Microsoft, I think, will come back with a bot that can counteract that, which is important, and maybe will even be like, don't be racist. My, I think this experiment ex- demonstrates just how just this dark side of humanity that exists that bothers me, that worries me, that uh, is ever-present. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's... And it, that's I, humanity. I mean, maybe I'm thinking, like, it, it corrupts... It, it corrupts the... It corrupts us. It corrupts the... Um, it, 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 we can corrupt the machines. And may, the machines maybe are... Become our doomsday... Or <laughs> Not, not because of us and our weaknesses. Uh, it's. It was a little bit disappointing to see. They're like, it's funny to do this, but imagine you do that to a machine that has actual power, like or to the series of machines. Well, they're going to learn from us. They're Absolutely. Gonna, well, it's, you know, and the and this is getting to like a whole philosophical debate where it's like, listen, folks in ISIS and a lot of you know the racist Trump supporters, they think they're right. Like, they think they're as right as, you know, we are for helping a, you know, little old lady cross the street. This isn't them thinking, like, oh, we're bad people. They think they're right. What happens when they get control of, you know, AI that might have power? I don't know. I mean, it's a lot worse than, you know, them getting Apache missiles. So the Tay tweets, interesting experiment. Still not so – it's that lower-level AI. Um, it shows it, – I don't think it shows anything bad about Microsoft. I think it just shows that there's still a lot of work to be done and that we have just really terrible people that yeah. are willing to corrupt anything. And, you know, that's what it is. Which is, is a shame. I hope they come back out with it. Man, we're, I'm really curious where the world is going to be in 10 years. I'm, like, so excited for where the world is going to be in 10 years. Like, some of the time, I'm just, like, shit. Whenever I, like, cross the roads in the time, this is going to come off weird. I'm, like, God, I hope I don't get hit by a car ever because I'm, like, I just want – I'm so excited for the world, where the world is going to be in 10 years. But technology and even, like, different movies and things, like, it's pretty amazing what's going to be there. You know what? We could have – maybe next week we can have the sponsor of the – podcast be the singularity <laughs> or cyber cybernet cyberdyne i thought you were going to go somewhere dirtier with that oh jeez. <laughs> all right let's go <coughs> let's go to our next topic which is we're going to go into a little bit of media inside baseball for everybody because totally we love media in, we love media inside baseball you know what i just realized there's a fourth topic we should we could possibly discuss message um, it to me but you might have time we might have time, so but let's talk about Vice first. So, um, so Vice Media they just had a major tumble in traffic. It's uh, dropped seventeen and a half percent in February according to Comscore, and from January to February, and they just fired a their head of ad sales, um, and that's like I don't know exactly what happened, but that's a major drop, and even if. Like there was a change with Comscore, and you can go look in Comscore. 
the pro like the problem is like no matter what that's a major drop is something happening is this a short term yeah. burp is this because purely because of how they measure the numbers or something like that um so I'm gonna... there's there's a lot going on here so let me break it down from what I I can tell with my experience from looking into the market um so first and foremost like comscore in my mind has never been accurate I think it's a racket they're essentially extortion as a business model. With that said, you know, we're not talking about the accuracy of the numbers. Was it 60 million versus 50 million? It's the drop, right? Whether that drop was from 60 to 50 or whatever, it was a drop. So that's there. So the question is, let's assume, well, let's assume that there was a drop. Okay. Let's give it that. Why was there a drop? Um, so, what I've heard and what's been stated is Vice basically has two ways that they have audience. They have owned and operated, which are sites that they own, Vice.com, Motherboard, all their own sites that they employ the editors, they power. They then have network sites, um, and that's the equivalent of like AdSense at Google. So I think owned and operated like Google.com and network sites like hey, any websites running Google Ads on it. That's a big part of their traffic. And, you know, knowing kind of my experience with how ad sales are run and publishers, a lot of the bigger folks, including BuzzFeed, I believe, still have a network portion as a big part of their traffic. So one of those big network partners was a site called Distractify. Distractify is one of those basically clickbait sites, like to the max, that games Facebook and the algorithm Facebook must have penalized it. That dropped in the algorithm. Now, because of that drop in the algorithm, Distractify dropped. Vice has that as a network site, and therefore Vice's overall numbers dropped. Um, so the bigger question, you know, and then you've also got the, the change of the head of ad sales. Listen, that could have been a completely uncorrelated event where he was ready to go, where they knew this was happening, and this was just a, you know... Further confirmation of that. My feeling is that it could be, hey, advice. They don't want somebody who has a strategy of owned and operated and network sites, which means they might actually kill their network sites off altogether. Focus on owned and operated, and once they do that, that's going to you know, kill their numbers for a bit, or potentially make them stronger. Um, you know, that's that's what I see happening here. I think the bigger topic is. You know, is it okay for publishers to have owned and operated network sites and try to sell it as the same audience? I mean, if of course it's okay as long as someone actually wants to pay for it and uh, advertisers want to pay for it. It may kind of makes them a little bit of an ad network as well. Uh, That's exactly what it is. Clearly, but clearly, there's also a downside to. The whole thing, I'm looking at some of the other sites that they partner with. They don't, for example, there's the modernfarmer.com. They don't own it, but it's apparently part of that network that they do. Um, And like these arrangements, like Vice's arrangements have always been odd. Part of the reason they've been able to be a darling of the media is because they've been doing this very, very uh, hardcore strategy of um, claiming that these other things are part of their numbers, that's part of their network. Um, It's a little bit... Finnick, not like not unethical, but misleading, maybe slightly. But you know, people are willing to pay for. I mean, the the, the ad agencies have 
have to know what this is. I mean, this is not a new thing. It's basically, hey, your owned and operated might be 30% of traffic and then throw in 70% of the other sites with it. You know, the real question, like this is super inside baseball ad sales is, are they transparent? What's the level of reporting? Is it site-by-site basis? You know, those, those are all things that agencies are going to pick apart. So, like, they knew what was going on. I, I think it's just most folks in the media have no – writers have no operational background or no real understanding of what happened. So it's easier to write Vice's traffic drops 19% as opposed to they have owned and operated a network and one of the network sites – happens to drop entirely. I mean, there, there are a lot of potential reasons. Um, but I don't think it's because... I think, obviously, it's a problem, but it's probably more a combination of a network site or a uh, bat or a strange thing in reporting or a change. And it won't have a material impact on the overall business, but I do think maybe at some point they'll be forced to break down their numbers in terms of, you know, owned and operated sites. And Well, the thing is uh, they do, too... To media agencies, they definitely do, and if you have a if you have a Comscore subscription, you definitely you can do that. So we the way that we would report with OnSwipe is um, so we were essentially a network. I mean, we were weird in the sense that our technology powered it. We were selling everything, but we weren't the editorial writers and owned it. So it was some weird mix. But we would break out every single site that we powered. Um, so you could see what the makeup was. Now, the interesting thing that I'll tell you is a lot of folks will go basically buying traffic on sites or putting like ad targeting beacons and then saying like, oh, this is a part of my network and inflating their numbers way, way higher when it's like, dude, you get like one out of every 50 ad calls. I mean, literally there were publishers, there were companies or competitors to ours that would list companies, like big publications that you've heard of. And we knew folks there. We'd call the publications. We'd say, hey, you're working with competitor X. They say, no, we talked to those guys. We have no interest in using them and had no clue about this. And like, then eventually Comscore would remove it. It's a super shady business. Uh, everything for the page use. This is why I like things like the information that don't care at all. God bless them. Uh, yeah, it just... I don't know if that you can make that the business all around, especially given that only very few specific verticals right now are ones people are willing to pay that kind of premium for. Yeah, I think you know it's it's definitely gonna it's gonna depend on some stuff, but that's another topic. All right, uh, should we wrap this one up? Let's do it. <laughs> all right, so uh, everybody. Um, we're going to have some guests over the next coming weeks. We'll announce it on Twitter and Facebook. Um, all that fun stuff at Ben Parr at Jason L Baptiste. If you have topics you want to suggest, tweet us, tweet um, us, email us. us, come visit us in person. Half joking there. Yeah, Jason, that you you know where Jason is. Go visit Jason over at uh, TechStars. Give him candies, give him signs. Profess your love for him. His wife won't mind. Don't worry. Ah, uh, she might, but. <laughs> Don't worry, wife won't mind at all. Just just profess your love. It's going to be great. You know she listens right. to every episode. She's going to give me shit after this. Oh, I know. It's going to be it's going to be a good reason to catch up with her. <laughs> um all right everyone. So, enjoy, have fun. Good hearing from you all. See you n- next week on Oversubscribed, Oversubscribed. with Jason Baptiste.
Later. We should just oversubscribe with Doomsday. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oversubscribe with Jason L. Baptiste and Ben Parr. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you'll share and subscribe. Go to SoundCloud at bit.ly slash oversubscribe podcast or find us on iTunes or TuneIn. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next week.